Welcome to Immerse Prophets reading for week 4, day 16. Immersed in Zephaniah Zephaniah's oracles for the people of Judah were uttered nearly three quarters of a century after the days of Micah and Isaiah. In the intervening years, Hezekiah's successors, Manasseh and Ammon, had tried to appease their Assyrian overlords by serving Assyrian gods and suppressing the Lord's true priests and prophets. But the power of Assyria eventually declined, and its hold on subject nations weakened. This allowed nations like Judah to regain some of their independence, which enabled the true prophets to once again speak freely for the Lord. One of those prophets, Zephaniah, warned the complacent people of Judah who thought the Lord will do nothing to us, either good or bad, that they needed to return to God with urgency. They had little time left as the fearsome day of the Lord, the time when the Lord would come and punish the unfaithful, was fast approaching. Amos, Isaiah, and later prophets also speak of the day of the Lord as a time of judgment. Because God is a God of justice and peace, at some point he must intervene to judge and set things right. The flourishing of creation requires the destruction of evil. In the New Testament, more light is shed on the day of the Lord, as we learn that it also involves God's breaking into the present creation to inaugurate his new creation. But here in Zephaniah's short book, we already see the day of the Lord described as both a warning of imminent disaster and a vision of future restoration. By now King Josiah, who had begun to reign as a child, was old enough to assert himself. He carried out extensive religious reforms, which included wiping out the worship of pagan gods, restoring the temple in Jerusalem, and leading the people to renew their covenant with the Lord. We know from the accounts of his life recorded in Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles, that he was prompted to do this largely by the rediscovery of the book of the law in the temple. But Josiah was no doubt also influenced by Zephaniah's warnings, particularly since the prophet was a direct descendant of Hezekiah and probably also a member of the royal court. Act now, before the fierce fury of the Lord falls, Zephaniah urged. Seek to do what is right and to live humbly. Perhaps even yet the Lord will protect you. By heeding this call, the people were spared at least for another generation. The oracles of Zephaniah are organized into three groups. A similar phrase occurs at the end of the first and second groups, marking off the three parts of the book. For the whole land will be devoured by the fire of his jealousy. As in Micah, the book's ultimate movement is from ruin to restoration. But in this case, it takes place over the course of the book as a whole, rather than within each group of oracles. The three groups together predict judgment on Judah and Jerusalem, then judgment on other nations, and finally the restoration of Judah and Jerusalem. This pattern shapes other prophetic books as well, such as Ezekiel. Zephaniah is careful to emphasize that only the lowly and humble will share in the great renewal. The book ends with a vision similar to the one at the end of Isaiah, with God's holy city rebuilt and thriving once again. Addressing Jerusalem directly, Zephaniah says the Lord himself will come to live there. 
On that day, the announcement to Jerusalem will be, Cheer up, Zion, don't be afraid. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With His love, He will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. The Prophet Zephaniah The Lord gave this message to Zephaniah when Josiah, son of Ammon, was king of Judah. Zephaniah was the son of Cushai, son of Gedaliah, son of Amariah, son of Hezekiah. I will sweep away everything from the face of the earth, says the Lord. I will sweep away people and animals alike. I will sweep away the birds of the sky and the fish in the sea. I will reduce the wicked to heaps of rubble, and I will wipe humanity from the face of the earth, says the Lord. I will crush Judah and Jerusalem with my fist and destroy every last trace of their Baal worship. I will put an end to all the idolatrous priests so that even the memory of them will disappear. For they go up to their roofs and bow down to the sun, moon, and stars. They claim to follow the Lord, but then they worship Molech too. And I will destroy those who used to worship me, but now no longer do. They no longer ask for the Lord's guidance or seek my blessings. Stand in silence in the presence of the Sovereign Lord, for the awesome day of the Lord's judgment is near. The Lord has prepared His people for a great slaughter and has chosen their executioners. On that day of judgment, says the Lord, I will punish the leaders and princes of Judah and all those following pagan customs. Yes, I will punish those who participate in pagan worship ceremonies and those who fill their masters' houses with violence and deceit. On that day, says the Lord, a cry of alarm will come from the fish gate and echo throughout the new quarter of the city, and a great crash will sound from the hills. Well in sorrow, all you who live in the market area, for all the merchants and traders will be destroyed. I will search with lanterns in Jerusalem's darkest corners to punish those who sit complacent in their sins. They think the Lord will do nothing to them, either good or bad. So their property will be plundered, their homes will be ransacked. They will build new homes, but never live in them. They will plant vineyards, but never drink wine from them. That terrible day of the Lord is near. Swiftly it comes, a day of bitter tears, a day when even strong men will cry out. It will be a day when the Lord's anger is poured out, a day of terrible distress and anguish, a day of ruin and desolation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, a day of trumpet calls and battle cries. Down go the walled cities and the strongest battlements. Because you have sinned against the Lord, I will make you grope around like the blind. Your blood will be poured into the dust, and your bodies will lie rotting on the ground. Your silver and gold will not save you on that day of the Lord's anger. 
for the whole land will be devoured by the fire of his jealousy. He will make a terrifying end of all the people on earth. Gather together, yes, gather together, you shameless nation. Gather before judgment begins, before your time to repent is blown away like chaff. Act now, before the fierce fury of the Lord falls and the terrible day of the Lord's anger begins. Seek the Lord, all who are humble and follow His commands. Seek to do what is right and to live humbly. Perhaps even yet the Lord will protect you, protect you from His anger on that day of destruction. Gaza and Ashkelon will be abandoned, Ashdod and Ekron torn down. And what sorrow awaits you Philistines, who live along the coast and in the land of Canaan? For this judgment is against you too. The Lord will destroy you until not one of you is left. The Philistine coast will become a wilderness pasture, a place of shepherd camps and enclosures for sheep and goats. The remnant of the tribe of Judah will pasture there. They will rest at night in the abandoned houses in Ashkelon. For the Lord their God will visit His people in kindness and restore their prosperity again. I have heard the taunts of the Moabites and the insults of the Ammonites mocking my people and invading their borders. Now, as surely as I live, says the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, Moab and Ammon will be destroyed, destroyed as completely as Sodom and Gomorrah. Their land will become a place of stinging nettles, salt pits, and eternal desolation. The remnant of my people will plunder them and take their land. They will receive the wages of their pride, for they have scoffed at the people of the Lord of heaven's armies. The Lord will terrify them as he destroys all the gods in the land. Then nations around the world will worship the Lord, each in their own land. You Ethiopians will also be slaughtered by my sword, says the Lord. And the Lord will strike the lands of the north with his fist, destroying the land of Assyria. He will make its great capital, Nineveh, a desolate wasteland parched like a desert. The proud city will become a pasture for flocks and herds, and all sorts of wild animals will settle there. The desert owl and screech owl will roost on its ruined columns, their calls echoing through the gaping windows. Rubble will block all the doorways, and the cedar paneling will be exposed to the weather. This is the boisterous city, once so secure. I am the greatest it boasted. No other city can compare with me. But now, look how it has become an utter ruin, a haven for wild animals. Everyone passing by will laugh in derision and shake a defiant fist. What sorrow awaits rebellious, polluted Jerusalem, the city of violence and crime? No one can tell it anything. It refuses all correction. It does not trust in the Lord or draw near to its God. Its leaders are like roaring lions hunting for their victims. 
Its judges are like ravenous wolves at evening time, who by dawn have left no trace of their prey. Its prophets are arrogant liars seeking their own gain. Its priests defile the temple by disobeying God's instructions. But the Lord is still there in the city, and He does no wrong. Day by day He hands down justice, and He does not fail. But the wicked know no shame. I have wiped out many nations, devastating their fortress walls and towers. Their streets are now deserted. Their cities lie in silent ruin. There are no survivors, none at all. I thought, surely they will have reverence for me now. Surely they will listen to my warnings. Then I won't need to strike again, destroying their homes. But no, they get up early to continue their evil deeds. Therefore, be patient, says the Lord. Soon I will stand and accuse these evil nations, for I have decided to gather the kingdoms of the earth and pour out my fiercest anger and fury on them. All the earth will be devoured by the fire of my jealousy. Then I will purify the speech of all people, so that everyone can worship the Lord together. My scattered people who live beyond the rivers of Ethiopia will come to present their offerings. On that day you will no longer need to be ashamed, for you will no longer be rebels against me. I will remove all proud and arrogant people from among you. There will be no more haughtiness on my holy mountain. Those who are left will be the lowly and humble, for it is they who trust in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel will do no wrong. They will never tell lies or deceive one another. They will eat and sleep in safety, and no one will make them afraid. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. For the Lord will remove His hand of judgment and will disperse the armies of your enemy. And the Lord Himself, the King of Israel, will live among you. At last your troubles will be over, and you will never again fear disaster. On that day, the announcement to Jerusalem will be, Cheer up, Zion, don't be afraid. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With His love, He will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. I will gather you who mourn for the appointed festivals. You will be disgraced no more. And I will deal severely with all who have oppressed you. I will save the weak and helpless ones. I will bring together those who were chased away. I will give glory and fame to my former exiles, wherever they have been mocked and shamed. On that day, I will gather you together and bring you home again. I will give you a good name, a name of distinction, among all the nations of the earth, as I restore your fortunes before their very eyes. I, the Lord, have spoken. 
Immersed in Nahum Very little is known about the prophet Nahum. We are given no details of his personal life other than that he lived in Elkosh, a city whose location is unknown today. Since he shows brilliant skill with words, we do know that he was educated and literate. The historical situation he refers to in his messages is also clear. Nahum's five oracles describe the fall of the city of Nineveh, capital of the Assyrian Empire, an event that happened in 612 BC. The messages celebrate this event as an expression of God's just rule over the world, specifically his judgment against an oppressive people. Nahum highlights the Assyrians' oppression by asking, Where can anyone be found who has not suffered from your continual cruelty? The first oracle in the book is most likely a song because its lines begin with the consecutive letters of the first half of the Hebrew alphabet. This literary device appears in several of the Psalms. The oracle praises God as both just and merciful echoing the language God used to describe himself to Moses at Mount Sinai. The Lord is slow to get angry, but he never lets the guilty go unpunished. This provides the context for what's said in the other four oracles in the book, which describe God's judgment against Nineveh. The second oracle draws a series of contrasts by speaking alternately to Assyria and Judah. For example, the temples and gods of Assyria will be destroyed, while Judah will be free once again to celebrate its own religious festivals. Here we get a brief glimpse of an essential truth of the gospel. When the messenger is coming over the mountains with good news, a crucial part of the announcement is that God's enemies have been defeated. The third oracle is a poetic depiction of the battle in which Nineveh was conquered. It's here that the prophet Nahum particularly exhibits his special ability with words. He first develops an extended image of bright colors and gleaming light to portray a formidable coalition of nations on the attack. He then alludes to the way Nineveh's river floods and destroys part of its wall, creating a breach that allows the siege forces to enter. He uses the image of receding floodwaters to represent the Assyrian army and population fleeing the onslaught. When Nahum says at the end that the city is plundered, empty, and ruined, he begins with a short Hebrew word, adds a letter to make the next word, and adds another letter for the third, thus using the lengthening sound in each successive word to represent the spreading disaster. The fourth oracle details the crimes for which Assyria has been judged and punished. Like a den filled with young lions, it has been cruelly violent. And like a prostitute or mistress of deadly charms, it has enticed the nations, forcing subject peoples to worship its false gods. The last oracle in the book, which probably comes from a time shortly before Nineveh fell, warns the Assyrians not to be complacent and think that their capital cannot be conquered. It reminds them that fifty years earlier, 
their own emperor went all the way to Egypt and captured the supposedly impregnable city of Thebes, which was protected by the river on all sides, walled in by water. This final oracle is a fitting end to the book. It serves as a caution to any other nation, including Judah, that might think it can never be conquered. The implied warning is that only fidelity to the God of justice and mercy will keep a nation secure. The supposed strength of any empire cannot stand in the face of God's judgment when it comes. The Prophet Nahum This message concerning Nineveh came as a vision to Nahum, who lived in Elkosh. The Lord is a jealous God, filled with vengeance and rage. He takes revenge on all who oppose Him and continues to rage against His enemies. The Lord is slow to get angry, but His power is great, and He never lets the guilty go unpunished. He displays His power in the whirlwind and the storm. The billowing clouds are the dust beneath His feet. At His command, the oceans dry up and the rivers disappear. The lush pastures of Bashan and Carmel fade, and the green forests of Lebanon wither. In His presence, the mountains quake, and the hills melt away. The earth trembles, and its people are destroyed. Who can stand before His fierce anger? Who can survive His burning fury? His rage blazes forth like fire, and the mountains crumble to dust in His presence. The Lord is good, a strong refuge when trouble comes. He is close to those who trust in Him, but He will sweep away His enemies in an overwhelming flood. He will pursue His foes into the darkness of night. Why are you scheming against the Lord? He will destroy you with one blow. He won't need to strike twice. His enemies, tangled like thorn bushes and staggering like drunks, will be burned up like dry stubble in a field. Who is this wicked counselor of yours who plots evil against the Lord? This is what the Lord says. Though the Assyrians have many allies, they will be destroyed and disappear. O oh, my people, I have punished you before, but I will not punish you again. Now I will break the yoke of bondage from your neck and tear off the chains of Assyrian oppression. And this is what the Lord says concerning the Assyrians in Nineveh. You will have no more children to carry on your name. I will destroy all the idols and the temples of your gods. I am preparing a grave for you because you are despicable. Look, a messenger is coming over the mountains with good news. He is bringing a message of peace. Celebrate your festivals, O people of Judah, and fulfill all your vows. For your wicked enemies will never invade your land again. They will be completely destroyed. Your enemy is coming to crush you, Nineveh. Man the ramparts, watch the roads. Prepare your defenses, call out your forces. Even though the destroyer has destroyed Judah, the Lord will restore its honor 
Israel's vine has been stripped of branches, but he will restore its splendor. Shields flash red in the sunlight. See the scarlet uniforms of the valiant troops. Watch as their glittering chariots move into position, with a forest of spears waving above them. The chariots race recklessly along the streets and rush wildly through the squares. They flash like firelight and move as swiftly as lightning. The king shouts to his officers. They stumble in their haste, rushing to the walls to set up their defenses. The river gates have been torn open. The palace is about to collapse. Nineveh's exile has been decreed, and all the servant girls mourn its capture. They moan like doves and beat their breasts in sorrow. Nineveh is like a leaking water reservoir. The people are slipping away. Stop, stop, someone shouts, but no one even looks back. Loot the silver, plunder the gold. There's no end to Nineveh's treasures, its vast, uncounted wealth. Soon the city is plundered, empty and ruined. Hearts melt and knees shake. The people stand aghast, their faces pale and trembling. Where now is that great Nineveh, that den filled with young lions? It was a place where people, like lions and their cubs, walked freely and without fear. The lion tore up meat for his cubs and strangled prey for his mate. He filled his den with prey, his caverns with his plunder. I am your enemy, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. Your chariots will soon go up in smoke. Your young men will be killed in battle. Never again will you plunder conquered nations. The voices of your proud messengers will be heard no more. What sorrow awaits Nineveh, the city of murder and lies? She is crammed with wealth and is never without victims. Hear the crack of whips, the rumble of wheels. Horses' hooves pound and chariots clatter wildly. See the flashing swords and glittering spears as the charioteers charge past. There are countless casualties, heaps of bodies, so many bodies that people stumble over them. All this because Nineveh, the beautiful and faithless city, mistress of deadly charms, enticed the nations with her beauty. She taught them all her magic, enchanting people everywhere. I am your enemy, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, and now I will lift your skirts and show all the earth your nakedness and shame. I will cover you with filth and show the world how vile you really are. All who see you will shrink back and say, Nineveh lies in ruins. Where are the mourners? Does anyone regret your destruction? Are you any better than the city of Thebes, situated on the Nile River, surrounded by water? She was protected by the river on all sides, walled in by water. Ethiopia and the land of Egypt gave unlimited assistance. The nations of Put and Libya were among her allies. Yet Thebes fell, and her people were led away as captives. Her babies were dashed to death against the stones of the streets. Soldiers threw dice to get Egyptian officers as servants. 
all their leaders were bound in chains. And you, Nineveh, will also stagger like a drunkard. You will hide for fear of the attacking enemy. All your fortresses will fall. They will be devoured like the ripe figs that fall into the mouths of those who shake the trees. Your troops will be as weak and helpless as women. The gates of your land will be opened wide to the enemy and set on fire and burned. Get ready for the siege. Store up water. Strengthen the defenses. Go into the pits to trample clay and pack it into molds, making bricks to repair the walls. But the fire will devour you. The sword will cut you down. The enemy will consume you like locusts, devouring everything they see. There will be no escape, even if you multiply like swarming locusts. Your merchants have multiplied until they outnumber the stars. But like a swarm of locusts, they strip the land and fly away. Your guards and officials are also like swarming locusts that crowd together in the hedges on a cold day. But like locusts that fly away when the sun comes up, all of them will fly away and disappear. Your shepherds are asleep, O Assyrian king. Your princes lie dead in the dust. Your people are scattered across the mountains with no one to gather them together. There is no healing for your wound. Your injury is fatal. All who hear of your destruction will clap their hands for joy. Where can anyone be found who has not suffered from your continual cruelty? This concludes today's Immerse Reading Experience. Thank you for joining us.